Coming up, a conversation with Michelle Tellerico, at-large candidate for Colorado Springs City Council. This is 6035 Media. Casting an informed vote is your right and your duty as a citizen. I'm Brian Grossman, Executive Editor of 6035. And I'm Shelley Rohr, spokesperson for the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. We're teaming up to bring you conversations with the candidates in the April 2023 Colorado Springs City election. So this interview is both an episode of 6035 Vote Podcast. And the League's Making Democracy Work Podcast. So let's get to it. So Michelle, we're going to open, um, start opening with a couple couple minutes of remarks about yourself and just kind of get us started, please. Okay. Um, my name is Michelle Tellerico, and I have been a Colorado Springs resident um, for 41 years, which is crazy. Came here in 1982 to go to Colorado College. I'm from Denver, but I say I was raised in Colorado Springs. I have had a business with my partner for 34 years, which sounds crazy to say, as well as the 40 years, um, called The Picnic Basket. And we do full-service catering um, across the state of Colorado, especially um, around the Front Range. And I am uh, a very proud little bit of a community geek, some would call me, on several boards um, and just very involved in the community. And so excited to have this opportunity. Okay, Michelle, I'm going to ask you your first very specific question. Uh, this is water and development. Uh, City Council uh, just went over the ordinance on Tuesday regarding annexations and how much water uh, is needed before the city can annex other property. It was 127 or 128 percent uh, water rule. Uh, what, what's your feeling on um, water conservation and, and growing the city at the same time? I think that water conservation is, for me personally, incredibly important. I also think that responsible, you're probably tired of hearing that word, growth is is also um, something that the city needs to be concerned with. I am not currently on city council, so I do not have enough, I don't have the same information that those individuals did. Mm -hmm. I want to give them the grace to believe that they made the best decision that they could with the information that they had. I would need to do a deeper dive to have a an opinion as a candidate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Shelley? Yes. Thank you, Brian. Um, mm -hmm. So hoping you have an opinion on with it. With regards to our waste that we want, Colorado Springs Utilities has got a great presentation that they did for the league last year, but it talks about the waste. And a lot of our water goes to landscaping. As a, as a community member, right, um, you know, those who have Kentucky bluegrass or golf courses, resorts that are watering the businesses, big businesses that have huge amounts of property. Um, one, how can we, with regards to the waste, with regards to our landscaping and knowing that there's an environmental center there on Mesa Road that is beautifully, beautifully done by CSU. And then as a, as a candidate, um, should the city consider extending water and other utilities to subdivisions located outside the city that might never be annexed as that regional, or being a regional water provider in the so I think that's many questions within a question. So uh, I'll, I'll try to, to hit on all of them. 
I think that um, wasting water – so I in my business, in my own catering business, from my perspective, um, we as business owners and as the leadership team that works with us – are very concerned and try to be very conservative with the water that is wasted. Having said that, I would be lying if I didn't know that there were ways that we could be doing that better. I recently sat on a panel um, through a marketing agency um, for Colorado Springs Utilities and was excited to learn a lot about the, the projects that are in development for for capturing some of that runoff water. There was a gentleman who, um, I won't name the business, but does own and operate a golf course in the city. And we had kind of disparaging views on how, you know, on, on what that looked like and how much water should be allowed and should be used. Um, I, again, I don't know enough about the situation in terms of, um, I've definitely done research and I know how many uh, cubic feet we hear um, that we have of water and I, I've, I've talked to several people about that, but because I'm not privy to some of those private studies, it's hard for me to answer the question, should the city allow water to those that may annex or, or have not annexed yet. I don't believe I can answer that. My opinion as a human being that lives in Colorado Springs is that we need to take care of our own water situations before we are doing um, any more annexing of, of the water. So I don't know if that too vaguely answers your question, but that's my, my visceral reaction. Yes, thank you very much. Brian? Uh, Michelle, yes. Where do you stand on accessory dwelling units being allowed in single-family residential areas? I will answer this question three ways. First, personally, mm -hmm. um, I we have allowed our son and his wife and child to live in a remodeled basement of our home, kind of mid Skyway above Bear Creek Park, and uh, I think it's really important that. I would want to protect the right to be able to do that. It's not a separate dwelling outside of the home, mm -hmm. but it is a separate family living in the home that happens to be related. I think I have a responsibility as a homeowner and as a neighbor to listen when my neighbors have issue, if they should, about excess trash, excess noise, all the things. So I think personally, we all have that responsibility. Um from a business standpoint, I think people have a right, as long as it is zoned properly, mm -hmm. to turn their homes into Airbnbs. What I do think is tricky, and this is where we get into business a little bit, we work at a lot of Airbnbs mm -hmm. doing small weddings. Sometimes those small weddings turn not in from 50, but they turn into 100, mm -hmm. right, in an area that is not zoned for events. I am aware of how negatively that impacts a neighborhood as a human being. As a business, I am very grateful, <laughs> right, for the business. So that's me being very honest. If I were to be on the council, I would want to be the kind of person that listens to both sides of all of those issues mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of validity in questioning that, yes, is this good or this is an example of something that isn't good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. Shelley? 
Yes, sir. Um, what is your plan to address the city's affordable housing crisis as a city council member? My, my plan is to continue to follow my heart and to continue to um, support the groups that that I have as a business owner, which include but aren't limited to Homeward Pikes Peak and, and Westside Cares. And I think that it there are so many layers to there are so many layers layers to affordable housing, attainable housing, and homelessness that at times um, cross section themselves and at times don't. I think that we are too big of a city to not have more ideas coming to fruition um, for solutions. I think that we have come a long way. We have increased our number of um, of beds for people who are who want to not be houseless or homeless, so that they have a place to to be. We haven't done enough as a city to create attainable housing. And I like to use that word instead of affordable, because what does it mean? Well, I can't help but look at things except through my own lens, which is my only lens. I have a son who's 24 that wants to move out of the basement and buy a home. He and his wife are really facing a lot of challenges, as I'm sure we you've all heard, maybe you've all experienced. So I think that as a council person, I would again do my due diligence in researching and learning all of the wonderful ideas from the creative people in this city, and I would try and get get uh, behind some sustainable methods for us to grow that in the future because it's going to continue to be um, an issue. But how do we manage that issue, and what is the the humane, right, responsible? way to do that. And, and that is where I think the listening comes in, because there's not just one answer, or we would have fixed it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Brian? Uh, Michelle, when it comes to public safety, the Colorado Springs Police Department is uh, dozens and dozens of officers short of its authorized strength. Uh, we've seen increase in crime, increase in traffic crashes. Uh, how do you feel about public safety right now in the city, and what would you do to address some of these shortcomings? I feel really scared for our police department, um, and it's to be – I can't. I don't know that I'm quoting an exact number, but I, mm -hmm. I think it's 70 plus, 70 plus right? Yep. It's not – I have the number just, 70. Yep. It's not just doesn't. Right. I mean, it is, but um, I – that keeps me up at night. I think I know too much by being involved in the community a lot, and it worries me that, um, you know, a normal response time is not a normal response time anymore with so few officers. I think that our officers are asked to do things that they, they, they aren't trained for. There isn't the capacity to train them because there aren't enough of them. You know, there's not – it's that whole what came first, the chicken or the – you know, mm. the, there's there's no chicken or no egg. So we need to figure out a way to get that mm -hmm. <laughs> chicken to lay some eggs because this is going to continue to be an issue. And I think that our city has gotten less safe. Is that to be expected to a degree based on the size of our population? Yes, some could argue that. Mm -hmm. I don't find it acceptable – that I am a part of a city, if I am to be elected, mm -hmm. that would 
stall and not do anything to help that situation for future generations like my grandson. Um, the safety issues with, with traffic, um, all of the, the fire departments, you know, short on staff, the police departments, I, I think in general, we need to invest as a city and to continue to support our police department. Um, so I don't feel good about where we're at with safety. I don't feel good. I'm sorry, I promise I'll shut up after this. I don't feel good about where we're at with our with our overdosing and our fentanyl deaths and our suicide rates. And is that part of what you're asking? Maybe not. But I think there is a correlation there. And so I would be concerned to be a part of hopefully a solution towards that becoming better. Do you think it's it's merely a, a funding issue or do you think there are more systemic problems maybe with uh, retaining police officers? I think it's both. And do you think it's unique to Colorado Springs? or no, no, I think it's not unique to Colorado Springs. I think for us it's unique because it's our perspective. Perspective mm -hmm. is reality. So um, in that case, it, it is unique. We have grown um, in a quick pace mm -hmm. recently. And um, I think that it's something that that needs to be addressed. I, I don't think that it's just budgetary. I do think there needs to be support. I don't think there's a wand that we can wave at city council and instantly improve that. There's got to be some different retention and attraction um, policies. I think that there's really been a lot of pushback on our on police in general in our in our country, maybe in the world. And I think that we need they need support to help rebuild that profession mm -hmm. um, because it, it doesn't seem to be as respected as, as I believe it should be and as I was raised to believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Shelly? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, so one of the jobs that I believe that the, home, um, that the police are called out to deal with that they really shouldn't deal with, it's not in their job description really, is our home situation that we have sometimes and we all know that not um, it is my opinion that people do not choose to be homeless, but they have, you know, they're put into a certain situation to where that is their only choice. Um, and it's kind of hard to make a decision when that is your only choice. So in the instance of Colorado Springs, and again, we're not unlike any other community, but do you have any ideas or a plan to address the, um, the homeless issue that we have? I I hate to keep mentioning Homeward Pikes Peak, but, but my ideas are in line with many of the of the ideas that that Homeward Pikes Peak and other groups like that are working to achieve. I think that we need um, more um, responsible living situations for people who do want to exit homelessness. I agree with you. I don't think that. For many, homelessness is not a choice in any way, shape, or form. There are, as many will tell you, some people who do not choose to be helped and do not want to stay in a shelter or, or get any of the services that we offer. Um, I agree that there is a big issue, and it is not in our police officer's job description to handle the homeless. I, I would actually go as far as to say that um, – that is one of the things I think that's putting them in a really in a in a bad 
position for themselves personally and, and for the city and certainly for the person that they may be interacting with. And so um, I don't have a specific plan. I want to look at all of the initiatives that are out there and truly weigh them and be thoughtful and be um, – I, I believe we need more of a common sense approach, and that's not me calling out anybody and saying they haven't had common sense, but I think there's a need right now on our city council for common sense around this issue. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much for that. Brian? Uh, Michelle, if you're elected, do you foresee asking the voters for any new taxes or fees, and if so, for what purpose? glanced at a little bit with the same. I don't because I don't know enough. <laughs> and that is as honest as I can be on that issue. Mm -hmm. I do not have nor have has my head or my ears been filled with um, ideas and thoughts from others who have said, if you're elected, you need to know that this is coming down the pike and we need to pass this too. I don't I don't have that agenda. Mm -hmm. um, I am not a big fan of additional fees. Um, I am not really asking this, but kind of. Mm -hmm. This is really more at a state level, but I'm a part of the Government Affairs Committee for the Chamber, and we just had a meeting this morning about a lot of the state legislative issues that are coming down and, and could could impact Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are more so around employers. Um, so I am against raising taxes at this time. I am for continuing some of the current taxes that we have in place, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know enough about all of those things, and I look very forward to having my head <laughs> blow up with all of the new information that I'll be learning about about those things. But uh, you said you are in favor of some taxes. Can you can you name one or two that you do support locally? I think that our tourism tax is something that it's really important for us as a um, and I'm going to I'm going to mess up the acronyms the because LART? my brain the, yes yeah, okay. my brain is so full of acronyms at the at the end of uh, I'm sure. a couple of weeks of of you know intense getting ready for this mm -hmm. um, you're the, talking about the lodger LART. the lodgers yes. and auto rental tax yes yep. that is something that I would continue to support mm -hmm. um, how it is distributed the way I want to support that is to listen to all the different constituents that are represented in that mm -hmm. um, and and make sure that we're being as equitable as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not stupid enough to know that we can't always be equitable with with everybody, but we, we need to we need to try. Mm -hmm. um, I am a huge fan of the um, the road to uh, see. Thank you to mm -hmm. see. I believe that we we as a city can do a better job of communicating with our neighborhoods where when why and sticking to timelines on fixes mm -hmm. because as the mayor will tell you he's probably said this to you you know the biggest thing people complained about in 2015 was um, you know, there's not enough cranes here and yeah. nobody, you know, there's too many potholes. The roles are horrible. And now everybody, as he gets ready to leave, says 
there's way too many construction trucks in my way. Get them the heck off the roads. And, you know, how come there's all these cranes? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that we need to continue to improve our infrastructure. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't complain about the roads, even with all the work that we've done. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Uh, we are running out of time, so I'm going to pass it back to Shelly. And uh, Shelly, if you want to ask the rest of your questions. Thanks, Brian. So, Michelle, one of the things that we do with the League of Women Voters is vote 411. So you as a candidate will be getting that survey. Um, They're the basic questions. That's why we don't ask those here you today. What's platform look like? Why should the voters choose you as the candidate? Those kinds of things. So we appreciate you supporting that vote 411 survey. But one of the things that we as the League of Women Voters have been um, doing this year is Um, And I'm not sure if you're aware of the league's lawsuit, along with Colorado Latinos Vote, um, Citizens Project, and the Black Latino Coalition that is against the city to move municipal elections, which you're participating in right now, to the fall. And not necessarily during a presidential or gubernatorial year, but preferably the same time as a school board election, keeping it very local and on those same lines which specifically we did this in hopes of increasing minority voter turnout. We do know that voter turnout for all um, groups is lower in the spring, much lower. And we as the League of Women Voters want to help that, but also with minority voter turnout. Plus, it would save the city some money, right, by not doing it. So what are your thoughts on the lawsuit in particular? My thoughts on everything you just said are... Hallelujah. I'm all for increasing the ability for minority voter turnout. I think that that is um, that's smart. That's something that we should always make sure that we're providing equal access. I think it's something that every city in this country could improve on. Um, I am not aware of the lawsuit, so I can't specifically speak to it. But um, and, and again, I would need to do the research on what money that does save the city. So I don't want to answer something out of turn because I don't have all the facts. But if that is a money-saving measure and we can increase voter turnout, I think that is a brilliant idea. Um, I don't know exactly why our election cycle is the way that it is. And so I look forward to really learning about that history and uncovering those initial plans. But I would be supportive of the things that you just spoke of. Yes, ma'am. So just to clarify for you, um, it's the way it is because that's what this charter says. And the status quo is what the charter says in that instance, and it would save a little over $600,000 for the city to move it to the fall election. Just enough. Then I would absolutely so support that. that. That would be something that I would get behind. Thank you. You're Brian? welcome. Thanks, Shelley. Uh, yep, if you just want to take a couple minutes, Michelle, to wrap up and let us know uh, why we should be voting for you. Um, thank you. First of all, I appreciate the opportunity um, to be here. I think that uh, I am a good candidate for for many reasons. I have lived through and been through many different chapters in the city's history, some not as beautiful maybe as others. Um, I am one of the people that happens to really um, – appreciate and value the growth of our city as it pertains to arts and culture and attractions and entertainment and educational opportunities. And I'm so happy that my son decided to leave Boulder and move back to Colorado Springs. Um, 
I am a really common sense person. I'm also going to give you my opinion. I'm not somebody in board meetings that just listens and agrees because it's the easy thing to do. I do my homework. I listen to the questions. And I believe that I am a good mediation point. I, I would like to believe that I have common sense and that I really want the best for um, as many constituents as possible. And I'm not, I'm not a yes person, um, but I'm also not a naysayer. So I just, I feel like I'm middle of the road on a lot of things and that, and that takes someone who, representing District 3, takes somebody who's willing to have a heart and voice for the small business community, but also very important parts of our community that encompass the West Side and Old Colorado City and South. And, you know, there's there's so many people. Um, and so I am excited for the opportunity and humbled by the by the by the opportunity as well. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, you've been watching or listening to a joint podcast effort by 6035 Media, the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. Be sure to follow Making Democracy Work and check out LUVPPR.org for more information regarding community forums in March. Or check out 6035 Vote to make sure your vote is an informed one. This podcast is produced by Dave Gardner, video directed by Nick Raven. I'm Brian Grossman, executive editor. And I'm Shelley Rohr, spokesperson for the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. See you next time. Hi, I'm Dave Gardner. And I'm Nick Raven. We're the podcast producers here at 6035 Media. 6035 Vote is just one of a growing family of hyperlocal podcasts that we're creating. And these are for you, someone who wants to engage fully in your community. We've got the 6035, which is a quick, lively recap of the top news stories of the week. That's my favorite. It's really great and often funny. I love having you as a guest, actually. I do, too. And then we have Hot Takes and Stirring Breaks, which is a potpourri of news and commentary about movies, gaming, TV, streaming, and just so much more. It's for youthful heart, and, you know, that could be anyone, really. Yeah, I'm surprised I even really enjoy it because Nick hosts that, and uh, he's, he's witty. Well, and the cool thing is that you can watch both of these podcasts on YouTube. Or you can listen to them on the go in your favorite podcast app. And there's a couple more, uh, but you can also visit 6035media.org slash podcast to see them, browse them, sample them. And then subscribe to the ones that you like. And then subscribe to this YouTube channel. Yeah. And if you really love it all, like we do, uh, you, can we do. Just, you can just subscribe to the 6035 Podcast Network podcast, which is a conglomeration of all the episodes, all the brilliance and humor that emanates from the studio. Absolutely. And there's a lot of it. So like and subscribe today and go listen to them all or watch them. What he said. Good. Thanks. Got it. That wasn't so painful.